Let's bring in Mark Chandler, Chief Market Strategist at Bannockburn Global Forex. He's with us here to help talk financial markets. Market. Mark, welcome. Good to have you back and Happy New Year. We just looked at the move up in the dollar this week. This morning you wrote about how the U.S. is stretched ahead of the employment report while the yuan jumps on hopes of new property initiatives. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Happy New Year. And I, I think that an essential we're seeing is the tension, and this is what I've been wrestling with, is I do think the dollar uh, topped out last year, uh, September, October period. Uh, but the the decline in the dollar, and by decline in the fourth quarter, the dollar, I should say the G10 currencies, except for the Canadian dollar, all rallied more than 5% against the greenback. And so the momentum indicators seem to me to be stretched that is to say, the dollar is oversold. And so what we've seen in the last few days, I think, is some position adjusting, encouraged by hawkishness of the Federal Reserve still. And I suspect that the odds of a 50 basis point hike at the when the FOMC meeting concludes on February 1st is greater than the market's pricing in right now. The market says it's only about a one in three chance. And I think it's probably better than, uh, say, better than a two-thirds chance that the Fed goes 50 basis points. Ultimately, the economy is growing too fast and the jobs market is still too tight for the Federal Reserve to have confidence that inflation, which probably has peaked, is going to fall fast enough for their tastes. You know, it seemed that that was kind of the message in the minutes, right, was uh, the market's getting a little bit ahead of itself here, and the Fed was trying to remind them that they're determined in terms of uh, getting inflation down to this 2% level and it's going to take some work still. Well, yeah, I think that this is the tension. I think that, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of the op-ed writers and, and journalists talk about this, uh, some kind of division in the Fed. I don't see the Fed being very divided. I think that everybody's mm -hmm. on board. Uh, what I think the big divide is, is that the market is still pricing in a cut at the end of this year. And what I'm looking at there is the spread between the September Fed funds futures and the December contract. Today, we're just around 25 basis points. That is, the December yield is about 25 basis points lower than the September yield. Mark, I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, we're kind of hyper-focused on the uh, U.S. jobs data, but uh, I think it's important not to lose sight of the bigger picture here in the U.S. and in Asia as well. China, uh, we had the reopening trade or expectations headed into, but there's a lot of uncertainty right now about how open they're actually being about some of the numbers. And even this morning we talked or saw how Japan, uh, the wages slumped. What's playing out in terms of Asia and where should our focus be there? Yeah, so two things. I think you're right. Uh, focus on uh, the two focuses, Japan and China. Uh, Japan surprised us, uh, not just myself, but really the, 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 the global community uh, when they changed the band for the 10-year JGB. And this has disrupted what I, what I think has been a fairly tight link between the U.S. 10-year yield and the yen. Uh, I expect that to come back. I think that's a real anchor there. So as we get higher U.S. rates, 10-year yield, still trading higher, I think that can help lift dollar yen. Key level I'm watching there is about 135, and then above there, maybe 137.5, 138. Uh, I think that the, the Bank of Japan is one of the few G10 central banks that meet this month, and I would not expect them to do anything. And I think that, you know, we've been so caught up with the, the widening of the 10-year yield curve control band that many people have lost sight of what the BOJ is actually doing. And they bought, it looks like, a record amount of bonds in December, and have begun off this year also buying more bonds than they had previously announced they would buy. So they're expanding their balance sheet, while the Fed's balance sheet, as you know, is falling. And the big surprise, I think, at the end of last year was that the ECB's balance sheet fell much faster 
ECB balance sheet off about 8%, Fed's balance sheet off about 2%. Uh, Bank China's Japan. the other big story. Go ahead, Mark, with China. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, in, in my work, I don't know how the Chinese do it, how they manage the currency uh, in such a tight range. But I do think that the direction is clear, and I had thought that it had been linked to just a general performance of the dollar, looking at, say, a high correlation between the euro, yen, and the RMB. However, these new measures by China on the property market seems to have uh, given, the, given sort of a greater independence to the Chinese currency, and that's strengthening, even though the dollar is strengthening against the euro and yen today, RMB is at uh, essentially three-month lows. Or I should say the dollar is at three-month lows against China. I was going to say, Bank of Japan, you mentioned this month, uh, January 18th, is when we'll hear from them. And, you know, Mark, you mentioned the Canadian dollar. And, uh, again, kind of tying back to that dollar conversation and the Fed, uh, as far as uh, their efforts to combat inflation, the likelihood of a 50 basis point rate hike versus uh, what many think will see 25 in terms of a more aggressive approach. But I wanted you to get your thoughts on some of that weakening U.S. dollar activity we've seen off the highs from last year as the euros firmed up, because it does seem like they're kind of still struggling with some of those inflation pressures we saw earlier this week the PPI it did dip but still year over year I mean something like 27 percent coming in I pointed out the morning uh, this morning's numbers the EU EU CPI numbers which again the core actually inched up a bit here so uh, it does seem like the EU and possibly that's why we're seeing that euro currency firm up a bit as they still have some work to be done here and maybe even more than the US yeah I think that's really been the issue is you know the ECB used to say they don't pre-commit mm -hmm. <laughs> yes ECB President Lagarde pre-committed to a 50 basis point rate hike when they meet again the day after the Fed. That would be February 2nd. But I think that, for me, the part of the story of the Euro's recovery has been the market has not only thought that the Fed will peak around 5%, but they also more aggressive towards the ECB. You can see this in a two-year interest rate differential with a 10-year interest rate differential. And so I, I tell you, though, the, the problem that I have right now with the Euro is that the speculative community, that is, these non-commercials picked up by the commitment of traders at the CFTC, have the, the net largest net long position in about a year and a mm -hmm. half. So the market's been anticipating a stronger euro. They got a stronger euro. And now I think some of the late longs, some of the weak longs have to be shaken out. Taking a look at the uh, uh, hourly time frame to move off the September lows, we saw below parity up to back, well, just shy of 108. And as I step back, looking at the daily time frame, here you can see that massive sell-off from 115 all the way down to that low I just mentioned. We're talking the euro traded down to uh, just below 96, all the way back up again. We're talking to near 108 here, hanging out right at well, 105.44 this morning. We'll keep an eye on the U.S. dollar rates, the curve, the uh, inversion. And, Mark, always appreciate you joining us here. Another uh, day uh, to uh, get a lot done here and uh, focus on the report headed our way. Mark, thanks for joining us this busy Friday morning. Mark Chandler, Chief Market Strategist at Bannockburn Global Forex.